Physician assistants often become unlikely supervisors during their career. For many, this turns into a positive professional challenge. For others, it is an unwelcome part of the job. You're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, your host, and with me today is George Collins, Chief Physician Assistant and PA Director for Ortho Carolina in Charlotte, North Carolina. Today we are discussing physician assistants in a supervisory role. Hi, George. Welcome to ReachMD. Hi, Lisa. Thank you. George, you've been an orthopedic PA for 23 years, and like many other PAs, you didn't plan on becoming an administrator. Tell us about your role as a PA and how you ended up in an administrator position. Well, my role as a PA is still primarily clinical, seeing patients and assisting in the operating room. But after I joined the practice I'm in now at Ortho Carolina in 1996, probably a year or so after that, the PA who was overseeing us at the time moved to Florida. As a group, we got together and the PAs asked if I would take over the responsibility of running the department. So are you a born leader? Did you ever think you'd be in this type of role? <laughs> no, uh, not at all. And, you know, I think sometimes we're just placed into circumstances like that without expecting it. And I think that, you know, that was the case for me. And I did it because I, I felt like it was my duty or kind of an obligation to serve the PAs that were in the group. And we had a great group of PAs and a great organization to work for. So I figured I would give it a whirl, and it's been a great experience. So why do you think so many PAs end up in an administrative role? You know, I'm not sure. I think that, you know, a lot of practices are adding PAs, particularly in our region in North Carolina, where PAs are a big part of the healthcare team. And as PAs become more and more present in practices, I think the opportunity arises for somebody to kind of lead those PAs and help to organize them as a team, help figure out the best way to utilize their talents. And I also think that PAs enjoy being supervised by other PAs. So, I think it's natural for a PA to become an administrative-type leader in a practice. Well, you manage the PA department of Ortho Carolina, and it's a very large orthopedic group. Give us an overview of the size and the staff of Ortho Carolina. Well, Ortho Carolina was a merger of two groups in Charlotte, North Carolina, five years ago. We have about 70 orthopedic surgeons on staff, many of which are subspecialized into different areas of orthopedics. And when we merged five years ago, I believe we had 23 or so PAs in total between the two groups being combined. And we've grown to, by the end of the year, we'll have 43 PAs on staff. Every year, I think that we're probably about done adding staff, but it seems that we, you know, we have physicians that decide that a PA would be great in their practice. And so every year I'm recruiting additional people and we continue to grow. I wouldn't be surprised if in the next five to 10 years, we don't reach a one-to-one ratio. Well, your group developed a management strategy that's very unique for PAs. Can you break down how your management team works? Sure. Well, again, I spend probably 70% of my time in clinical practice and 30% of my time in an administrative role. The amount of work that has to be done administratively could probably be a full-time position, but I prefer it not be that. As our department grew and the responsibilities on me increased, it became a time where I think either I needed to become a full-time administrator or I needed to recruit some help. So I decided I wanted to stay in clinical practice and went to the group and asked if we could change our organizational structure a bit to include some PA team leads. 
PAs that could oversee smaller groups of physician assistants. We have several offices that are in and around Charlotte. It's not possible for me to maintain a clinical practice and at the same time be involved in the lives of everybody who's in our department. So by selecting PAs to lead small groups of PAs, they can have somebody who's managing them administratively, who's in close proximity, who understands their practice, and who they can communicate with on a more regular basis. So uh, I've been fortunate to have three outstanding PAs working for me who I can delegate responsibilities to and who can meet the PAs in their team on a regular basis and be part of their lives and understand what's going on in their worlds and then meet with me on a regular basis. And then together as a team, we can help to address issues that might arise, ways to improve practice models and things like that. So you have 70 orthopedic surgeons and 43 PAs spread out around the Charlotte area. And then you oversee all of the physician assistants, and you have three PAs that work for you that you delegate things to. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. That's correct. What's your physician extender committee? The physician extender committee is a group of five physicians, the PA management team, which includes myself and the three team leads, so there's four of us, and a member from the organization's administration, the human resource director and our chief counsel. As a team, we can sit down and look at things like physician assistant compensation, physician assistant benefits, utilization of physician assistants, things like call schedules, things like that to, to come up with policies and procedures that we can use in our organization for the operations of the PAs. You know, for the PAs, it provides a liaison, I guess you could call it, somebody, a voice for them to speak to the administration of Ortho Carolina and also to speak to the physicians of Ortho Carolina and vice versa. For the physicians and for the administration, the Physician Extender Committee is their way of communicating to the PAs. So PAs have input in the decision-making of the practice? Absolutely. The, the PAs in our practice see a lot of patients Uh, They're in the operating room frequently, and they have talents and skills that go outside of practicing medicine. And so our organization, you know, we're very fortunate to work for a company like Ortho Carolina who recognizes that, and then we'll tap the resource and use those PAs to help serve on different committees. For example, on our Information and Technology Committee, we have PAs that sit and help to uh, work with the IT people in creating electronic medical records and how do we use technology to benefit providers? You know, we have PAs that sit on the operations committee, different committees that help to make decisions that steer the direction of our, of our organization. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and I'm speaking with George Collins, Chief Physician Assistant and PA Director for Ortho Carolina in Charlotte, North Carolina. Today we're discussing physician assistants in a supervisory role. So, George, part of the management style that you have with Ortho Carolina is you separate the clinical and the supervisory roles. Can you explain that? You know, a PA needs to be supervised in two areas. They have a clinical job, and they need a clinical supervisor, which should be their physician. The physician assistant is an extension of the physician. The work that they do clinically ultimately is the responsibility of the physician. So in our organization, the physicians manage or oversee a PA's performance when it comes to their clinical work. 
However, there are also employment issues that always arise and things that include compensation, call schedules, benefit administration that somebody needs to do, you know, or is a task that has to be done by somebody. And the physicians are not the best suited for managing those tasks. So it has to fall on somebody. And that's the role that I play and the PA team leads help to oversee the PAs from an administrative perspective. So the PAs at Ortho Carolina have a clinical supervisor, which is their physician, and then they have an administrative supervisor, which is directly it's their team lead and then ultimately myself. Well, that's a fantastic idea because by separating the clinical and the supervision, you're able to maintain a strong clinical relationship between the physician and the PA and not have compensation or vacation issues or whatever looming when they're working together, especially in a surgical situation. Do the PAs and the MDs recognize the value of this model? Well, I think they do. And you're right. It's very healthy to keep the relationship between the PA and the physician clinical and not have to get into the kind of the business aspect. And the other thing that's beneficial, I think, is particularly in a large group, is having the model that we have helps to provide some uniformity to our pay scale and to our benefits so that all of the PAs are being treated uh, essentially equally as far as compensation and benefits and not negotiating individual contracts or individual compensation packages with their physician. You know, I think if that were to happen, you would probably find a lot of competition within the group for different positions and, you know, you'd have animosity between PAs because, you know, one physician is paying his PA more than another physician is paying his and maybe their workload is the same or or something like that. With In our current structure, I have the bird's eye view of all of the PAs. I know what they're doing as far as their workload. I know what the data is, the market supports for uh, compensation and benefits. And then I can make recommendations to the organization for uniformly administering that. So you break your time into clinical and administrative, which means that you manage all the moving parts together. Many PAs find it very hard to focus on their clinical responsibilities while juggling the administrative work. How do you balance the two? Well, I think the best way to balance the two is to compartmentalize them to some degree. I like to, when I'm seeing patients, I want to see patients, take care of them, and be focused on taking care of patients. And when I'm doing my administrative duties, I can focus on those. So I take a couple of mornings a week and one afternoon a week and set aside to sit at my desk and do my administrative role. And then the other times when I'm taking care of patients or in surgery, I try to ignore the administrative part of my job and focus on patient care. Well, given how many PAs work in an administrative role, do you think there should be some leadership education in the PA education model? I sure do. It's amazing how many things I've learned from our human resource department, which is very strong at Ortho Carolina, and they've given me opportunities to attend different classes on managing people, doing performance reviews, how to coach and counsel employees, things like that. These are things that are not you know, taught in PA school and are not going to be taught in a clinical practice unless you're a part of a management team. Well, many PAs go on to get their master's in public health or doctorate of health sciences or even an MBA. Do you feel these are helpful in preparing for the role, or do you have any other suggestions for PAs if they're trying to learn more about how to manage and how to grow in an administrative position? I think those are great avenues. Those are probably particularly helpful if you're going to 
as a PA supervisor, be involved in the actual business operations of an organization, negotiating contracts and things like that. But I still think that while you can do a lot of education and pour that into being an administrator of physician assistants, I think probably the, the most important thing for me is to maintain a clinical practice so I know what my PAs are going through on a day-to-day basis. Now, I want to be in the trenches. I want to see patients, and I want to be in the operating room because that helps me to make better policy and to steer the group in a direction that helps to benefit the PAs who are practicing clinically. All right, so if there's a PA working in orthopedics and they're listening and they're considering a position of management in their orthopedic practice or they're interested in trying to duplicate the model that you have, what advice would you have for them? Well, my first piece of advice would be to take on a management role as a servant. I think the attitude that you bring to it is very important. You know, your role is to serve and to serve the PAs that are placed under your administration and also to serve the organization that you work for. And I think that it's very important that you practice with integrity, that the staff that works for you trust you and know that you have their interests at heart, but also that the organization has the same. And Lisa, we didn't go over this earlier, and so I'm going to just throw this out. But it can be a difficult walk because you don't want the PAs to feel as though you're representing the organization and you don't have their interests at heart. But at the same time, you don't want the organization to believe that your only interests are in serving the PAs at the expense of the organization. So I think that it's critical that both the organization and the staff, the PA staff, understand who you are and trust you and value or know that you have integrity and that the decisions you make are not based upon whether you're trying to benefit the organization or benefit the PAs, but that you're trying ultimately to benefit patient care. George, where can our listeners get more information about PAs and orthopedics and about OrthoCarolina? Well, I'm happy to answer any questions regarding PAs in orthopedics or PAs in a supervisory role. I can be reached at george, G-E-O-R-G-E dot Collins, C-O-L-L-I-N-S, at orthocarolina.com. Thank you, George, for coming on the show. Thank you very much. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at ReachMD.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts. And thanks for listening.